Amen, amen. So, so glad for the presence of the Lord that I feel tonight. And again, appreciate each of you being here tonight. Glad to have Brother Moore with us. And uh, he was with us last year for SOAR Conference. He didn't preach during the actual conference, but he stayed over on Sunday and preached for a local church here. And Brother Moore was just a small boy when I was uh, in the church in Ball Springs. And uh, then his, his mama ended up leaving the church, and, and uh, he was away from God for many, many years, and came back into the church after I was already uh, long gone and pastoring a church, and, and it's only been in the last few years that we've been able to get reconnected. But I, I just feel like anybody that spent time under Elder James Davis has got the same spiritual DNA. And I, the first time that I started getting to spend some time with Brother Moore, I grew to love his spirit and appreciate him very much. He's pastoring a great revival church in Yukon, Oklahoma. Now they've had, what would you tell me, 15 received the Holy Ghost? 25 received the Holy Ghost in the last six weeks. Praise God. Amen, amen. We love Brother Moore very, very much. and I want him to come tonight. I want him just to obey the Holy Ghost, preach what's on his heart. We love you, Brother Moore. Thank you so much for coming to SOAR Conference 2023. God bless you. We love you. God bless you, Brother Reagan. Amen. Why don't we love the Lord real quick? Hallelujah. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. Great and mighty Savior. I love you, Jesus. Come on, come on, the Holy Ghost is in here right now. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit, God. Thank you, Lord. Pour it out tonight, God. Pour it out tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen, man. It's so good to see Brother and Sister Mullins. Amen. They came and blessed our church last year after this conference. And I'll tell you what, I love this man, this lady. Praise God. Amen. Good to see them. Good to see all of you. It is a privilege to be here tonight. And, um, amen, I made me some notes. Praise God. And uh, I want to say thank you for the room. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Amen. Thank you for the goodie bag, whoever did that. And where in the world them cinnamon rolls come from? Amen. I'm telling you what. Only one of them so far. Amen. I said, I'm not going to waste the rest of these three without a cup of coffee. Amen. I like dipping. Praise God. Uh, cinnamon rolls. Praise God. Amen. Better make that clear right now. Get it on the tape. What Brother Westberg says on the tape. Amen. I meant cinnamon rolls in coffee. Amen. Thank you for the goodie bag and for the home interior that you're sending home to my wife. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And uh, I think that'll end up in a, in, a, in a different bag to her saying I missed her so much. I think that's what that'll do with that. 
Praise God. Nobody tell on me now. Amen. Thank you all for the hospitality. Amen. And um, most of all, I want to thank this church for the respect of the ministry that you give. Amen. And that I believe you've been taught to do that. Amen. I know we were taught to do that, wasn't we? Praise God. Amen. We treated a man of God better than we did any ball player, any musician. Amen. We treated them, praise God, good. And you all, you all have done that here, and I appreciate that. I want to say that I, I, I have love and admiration for my fellow ministering brethren and uh, these guys from Balt Springs. And uh, I'm the little black sheep that came along a little later, praise God. And I, but I am thankful to be counted among these men and these men, and to be able to come and minister here. I want to say that I'm thankful for your your precious pastor's wife, and uh, Amen. I, I love and appreciate her, and uh, and I love and appreciate your pastor. Amen. Your pastor is scholarly. He's prayerful. He's an encourager. He lives the life. And I want to tell you, in case you didn't realize it, both of them are the ultimate. They are Christians. I'm very thankful for them. Praise God. And uh, thankful to be on the platform with Brother Tom Johnson, a great man of God. And uh, never would imagine I would be preaching in a, in a place with him. Amen. But I'm very thankful and I'm humbled by this. And... Um, to all the men that testified uh, the other night, Brother Robert Davis, and, um, uh, and all the men that spoke at this conference, you've done a tremendous job. And uh, Brother Robert Davis Jr., he just, uh, amen. Everybody else has danced around what I'm going to talk about tonight, but he walked right through my flower bed. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and preach it anyway, praise God. Amen. Feel it in the Lord, felt it for months. And uh, just feel like the Lord wants to talk to us tonight. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I feel like there's a rejuvenating spirit of the Holy Ghost in here. And empowering, praise God. If you would turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. Boy, have we not heard from the book of Ephesians this week? Amen. I'm telling you, I told you they just walked all around it and then... But I'm going to go ahead and preach what I feel anyway, praise God. Amen. It's going to be a little bit of a lengthy reading, so amen. if you don't mind standing, I'm going to try to read quick, but I want it to be understandable. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 6, starting with verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say his schemes. His schemes. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil days, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt up with, with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. One more verse of Scripture. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Everybody say in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. Brother Riggin, would you please pray? Jesus' name, you may be seated. Praise God. Amen. There is a, a spiritual DNA that does run through us. And um, my wife shared a picture not too long ago. And somebody commented and said, you look like Elder Davis. And I said, well, I said, you know, I, I have his DNA. Praise God. i never forget Brother Ron Garrett preached a sermon about parting your hair the same way as your pastor. So I took it literally and I did it. Amen. And I just can't change it anymore. I've tried to comb it back and my wife said, you look like a hippie. Quit wearing it like that. I said, well, I'm stuck like Chuck, I guess. Hope there's not Chuck in here, is there? Amen. But I, uh, I, uh, I feel that God wanted me to minister something tonight. And um, I feel like that, that DNA is going to flow tonight. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you a little bit about the book of Ephesians. I by no means feel like that I'm a scholar, but I do, do want to tell you that I, I love God and I try to study His Word, and I feel like He has given me something, amen, for this conference. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 I want to, you'll bear with me for a minute. I'm kind of like a, a Southwest flight from Love Field to Houston. We get up in the air, we fly very short, and then we land, so... Hopefully, if you'll stick with me, we'll, we'll get this, amen, pretty quick, praise God. Um, Ephesians, the sixth chapter starts, uh, uh, actually, the entire book of Ephesians, uh, it sets the scene that I feel that God wants to, me to preach from tonight, and I want to build a little bit of a foundation. The title of this letter gets its name from, actually, the location uh, identified in its opening verse, talking about Ephesus. I have not been there. I have been to Turkey, but I've never been to Ephesus. I want to go. But uh, 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 they, they actually tell me that Ephesus actually does not appear in uh, uh, quite a few of the, the ancient manuscripts. So it is believed. So I'll say it that way. It's believed that the letter was actually written and intended, amen, for a body of believers in that region and circulated among Asia Minor. But uh, we take it as the book to the... Uh, church at Ephesus or the body of believers of Ephesus and of course we know that uh, the person who wrote it was Paul because he identifies himself in the beginning and also because 
of the way it's written and its style and the grammar. And we feel that uh, uh, we can successfully feel like that it was Paul that penned it and no other. Uh, I want to go actually to the, um, to the uh, uh, Apostolic Study Bible and some notes and read some of their, their context. It says that the Ephesians, uh, 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 the book of Ephesians was most likely written approximately A.D. 62 while Paul was imprisoned in Rome. And the timing corresponds with the writing of the, uh, the, to the Colossians which along with the Philippians and, the, and, and Philemon comprise the, what are known as the Paul prison letters, if you will. And the similarity in content with Colossians lends credence that the likelihood of these being penned at the same time frame. While Colossians focuses on Christ as the head, the emphasis of Ephesians is on the saints and the body of Christ. The setting, uh, unlike many of Paul's letters, this is what I really want to read to you, uh, there's no specific church issue or church problem. It's really stuck out to me. And uh, there was not something that major, uh, majorly prompted him to write uh, to the Ephesians. Uh, also, the absence of a personal reverence indicates that specific individuals in the church were not in need of personal correction or rebuke. I'm going to get somewhere. I feel the Lord. I, I'm just going to have to stumble through this. Y'all, please bear with me. And uh, 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 the church, there were not a, a need to make a personal correction or give direction or, or commendation. You know, rather... The focus is on the apostles' heartfelt concern for the saints and teaching them the preeminence of their calling and their place in Christ. And then it moves into teaching them something in uh, chapter number 6 that, that we must understand that I believe Paul was building them up to to start talking to them about spiritual warfare. We've heard a little bit about that this week. Amen. That God does call us, amen, to be combative. Hello? Hello. Although Paul was probably not uh, the first to preach the gospel in Ephesus, he did contribute, amen, uh, significantly to the establishment of the church there. And on his third missionary journey, his three years spent with the church firmly ensconced him as a, and his genuine love uh, and, and mutual admiration. The city of Ephesus uh, is, was actually located at the mouth of the Castar River, or Castar is what some people would say. And it serves as one of the chief seaports uh, of the ancient world. It was a bustling metropolis uh, that had some 250,000 people. Ephesus was home to many walks of life, and most uh, prevalent religion was the uh, worship of, of Artemis, which is identified as the goddess Diana. Hello? Amen. We hear about that in Acts chapter 19, verse number 27 and 28. The city was home to a great temple dedicated to the goddess Diana, which became known as one of the seven wonders of the world. I think that we can surmise that, amen, it was a 
melting pot. There was false religion everywhere. Amen. There was all kinds of decadence and sin. Amen. I have saw some, some murals and some pictures of what they feel like Ephesus looked like. And it was a beautiful place. I have been to some other places in Turkey and it's a very, very beautiful place. They have some gardens that they feel like look like the way Ephesus looked. And uh, I, uh, I, I really love gardens. We just actually took our first trip again back to Canada. Uh, and October 1st, we didn't have to have the shot. So we went across uh, uh, to, uh, amen, to uh, Alberta and Went to Vancouver and then over to the island and got to go to see one of the most beautiful gardens. And I started thinking about the pictures that I had saw about Ephesus. Ephesus was a beautiful place. And uh, I, I, I'm going to move fast and just feel like already I'm going to lose myself on these notes if I keep going this way. So I'm going to move further into it faster. That I believe that Paul got to this place at the end of the book of Ephesus and he began to tell them that, 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 that you are, 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 are empowered and that God, has, God is going to give you power over the, the things that are around you. And he said that, number one, you, you're, going to get the, uh, you're going to get the whole armor and you should put it on. And church, I want to move into this right now because I, I'm feeling like something's trying to weigh me down. I've been fought for two weeks about preaching this. So I'm just going to go ahead and preach, rear back and preach it right now. Amen. Say a prayer for me right now. God, I love you, Jesus, and I praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine living in a city like that? Can you imagine with everything going on around you like that? You know, I, it's like we have been to so many different places, and my wife will say, how can you build a church right here? Look at all this sin. Look at everything around you. I mean, uh, who, would, who would go to church in situations like this? And I'm telling you, that's the way Ephesus was. Amen. It was a place of sin. It was a place of decadence. And Paul's telling the church body there that, hey, hey, put on the whole armor of God. He was not rebuking them in any way. He was telling them, you can be a church. You can make a difference. Can I tell you something? No matter how dark this world gets, we can make a difference in this world. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Oh, we know grace is not what the charismatic teaches. Amen. All oh, that you can just live in sin. No, grace is the power of God over sin. Amen. We got to learn, learn and understand that we, amen, are empowered by God. To do a work, amen, in a city. No matter how bad it is. No matter how bad it looks. No matter how dark the night is. God wants us to do a work. He said, put on the whole armor of God. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen. That you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devils. The devil's going to always have schemes. The devil's always going to come at you. The devil's always going to attack you. Amen. It seems like he's coming up with new ones every week for me. Amen. I'll get somebody established and then somebody I thought was established would go crazy. Start to put a guy on the platform and let him start, start doing something for God. Next thing you know, he does something stupid. Dear God, makes me look like a fool. And my wife lets me know about it. 
But didn't you pray? Yeah, I prayed. Had me fooled. Y'all ever been fooled before? Oh, I'm in good company. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Any of y'all? I know none of y'all, though. No, no. No, I'm telling you. I mean, schemes coming around everywhere. I mean, always, the devil's always bringing things to us. Because let me tell you why they come. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this world, amen, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you might be able to withstand, amen, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Amen. I want to remind you tonight that we are in a fight, folks. No matter what you think, amen. You may have money in the bank. Your house bills may be paid. Your car payment may be paid. But I'll tell you what, we're still in a fight. Amen. We're always going to be in a fight, folks. I'm sorry to tell you. Amen. Revelations 12 and 12 says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the end of the sea. For the devil come down unto you, having great wrath, because he, he, hath, he knoweth he hath but a short time. I like what Brother McFall said last night. I'm going to use it. Amen. Pride will turn an angel into a devil. He, he, he couldn't even live for God when there wasn't a devil. Amen. There's always going to be problems. Things are always going to happen. He, he has great wrath. I don't know where you, uh, uh, where you are in the fight today. But, I, but I'll tell you, I will, if you'll allow me to talk to you with the Word of God, I would like to give you some fighting lessons, if you will. I'd like to give you a little bit of instruction today. Amen. I don't know if, if you've ever been in a good fight or not, but I come from a rough part of town. Box Springs was not a good part of town. Amen. And I grew up with some rough cousins. In fact, uh, I'm not sure that, that, uh, that uh, I was ever in a fair fight. All's fair and loving more, huh? But I'll tell you what, one thing that I did learn is that you always got to keep your guard up. Amen. That's the first thing that a boxing coach will tell you is always keep your hands up. Amen. Always cover your head. Amen. I'm going to tell you that in this last day and last hour, amen, you got to keep your guard up. A fighter cannot just fight, amen, uh, j- j- and just always just trying to protect himself, amen. He can't just go over into his corner and cower down. You know, sometimes you got to come out of your corner and you got to fight. Sometimes you got to take the fight to the enemy. I'm going to tell you something. A boxing match is not won because you guarded yourself. A boxing match is won by you going out and trying to knock your opponent out. Carnal, you, Paul used the carnal analogy, so that's what I'm using tonight. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh take, take heed, at least he fall. Let me tell you something. If you start thinking everything's going good for you, amen. You don't have to walk around all the time thinking the devil's fixing to come down your road. But you need to always realize that things can happen. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil tries to wear out the saints of God. Amen. He's always going to try to bring a fight to you. Amen. He's always trying to bring a fight to your ministry. I had a saint of God call me not too long ago and said, I am having the most worst day. And in my mind, I was thinking, you don't even know what a worst day is. 
I have broke my arm behind my back. I have a double spiral fracture. They almost had to amputate my leg at 1st of February. I end up having to have a bone nail. But see, pastors don't say that to them, do we? And before I get in, she said, I was thinking, if I'm having this bad of a day, what are you having? And I prayed for you. Thank you, Jesus, I was able to keep this shut. If you're having a bad day, you better start thinking, what's my ministry going through today? What's my pastor's wife going through today? Amen. When this message began to be birthed in my spirit, I started thinking about your your pastor's wife. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. You need to start thinking about her when you're having a bad day, ladies. Amen. You need to start thinking about her. Because I'm telling you right now, amen, I had a woman that was calling me. She was texting me and complaining about everything in the world. And I could hear my wife in another room sobbing and crying for her. If you're having a bad day, you need to think about your man of God's wife. Man, if you're having a bad day, you start thinking about your pastor. Amen. I just feel that today. I have a burden for that. Amen. I've been in ministry long enough to know that when people are having an attack, amen, if it's not already hitting the head, it's going to. Amen. Just like a fighter, you need to learn to cover your head. Just like a fighter will lift up his hands, you need to start praying for your pastor, the head of your church. You need to start lifting up the hands of the ministry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Before I ever thought I was a preacher, I thought I was an Aaron or a Her. I was going to lift up the hands of my ministry. Amen. I was going to try to help them as much as possible. Amen, amen. I'm going to go back to boxing if you don't mind. Sometimes you can, amen, wear out your opponent, amen, if you will just keep taking it to them. Amen. Many fights have been won because of an opponent thought that he had the advantage or the strength, amen, or or the bulk mass muscle, amen, over another fighter. But that fighter just kept on coming at him, amen. He kept guarding himself and then taking it back to to his opponent, amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you. I never will forget. I I was sitting in a hot chair inside the living room and my cousins were a little bit older than me and they were outside and uh, my, my uncle had gave him, got some boxing gloves. Don't ever buy your teenagers boxing gloves. Because we lose our minds. We go out in the backyard and it's time to scrap. That's what we call it where I'm from, Balk Springs. And I never will forget, I was sitting right there in the cool. We, see, we didn't have air conditioners. We had what's called water cooler. And I was sitting on the water cooler. I was smart. And they was out there just sweating down. And they had them boxing gloves. And I saw my older cousin John say, Let's get Chris out there. I said, Chris, won't you come out and box with us? Hmm. I see what you're wanting to do. You want to get me out there so you can pound on me. That's what you're wanting to do. He wanted, you know, so I, I walked out that door, Brother Rickon, and they handed me a set of the gloves. He had a set of the gloves on. He looked over at Philip. He said, Philip, you say ding. Philip said, ding, and before he could turn his head, I hit him with everything I could. And he hit the floor, the ground, as a haymaker. He said, I wasn't ready. I said, he said, ding. And I threw them gloves off. See, he wanted me to get out there and dance with him a little bit. He wanted to show his stuff. He wanted to show what he'd been learning. He'd been watching some Rocky movie or something. He wanted to show it out on me. I hope it was okay for me to say it that way. I just thought, go ahead. You know, hey, I've never saw that movie. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, sure. You know who Rocky is. And there he was laying on the ground. He wanted to get out there and show his stuff. Can I tell you something? Some people like dancing with the devil. Some people like letting him come down their road and just, and just dealing with it and walking in the church. I've been fighting devils all day long. What did you leave him outside? Did you bring him in the church with you? They're over stone cold mad. Can't worship God or anything because they brought their fight into the church house. I told some people not too long ago, we're going to shut this song down if y'all don't get to worshiping. I had a JD spirit come out of me when my wife calls them. I said, James Davis spirit, that's what that is. Well, he, he, I'm going to go ahead and finish what you were saying the other night. He walked to the edge of the platform. He said, some of y'all need to smile. If you're happy, notify your face. Remember when he used to say that? Some of y'all act like y'all been eating persimmons all day long. He would say it all the time, didn't he? But I'm telling you what they bring in, they won't worship. And they'll clamp a service down, and God's not moving. And I'll tell you, we got sinners over just to sobbing. I preached one night, and I thought I had dropped the watermelon out in front of the pulpit. I mean, I thought, oh, Lord. Everybody's just ready to go. And I look back over, and these two, two three new people were just back there just sobbing. And I'll tell you what, a saint of God can't even go up and tell their pastor, oh, what an awesome sermon you preached. And they come rushing to me and say, I've never heard preaching like this before in my life. I said, wow. Man, I had 30 minutes. I wasn't even supposed to preach that night. And I had to, like Brother Marcus used to say, pull a rabbit out of a hat. And I had to just preach. And there they was. They got something, Brother Daniels. Can I tell you something, people? Sometimes we, oh, this is a side note. Sometimes we come to church and we got so much stuff on us that we ain't going to worship God. We're not going to listen. We're not going to break through. I'm going to tell you something. Our church has learned we're going to have to battle until we get it. I told my wife, I said, forget this two songs, offering song, and then me preach. I want this thing to break so I can preach in here without being inhibited. I'm tired of coming to a pulpit and not feeling the Spirit of God. I'm tired of coming, people checking their phone. Oh, I'm not mad. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at y'all. Don't worry. I'm tired of you checking your phone. Get a Bible. They, they, they're, they're, they're more than being on the phone. He's a pastor. I'm just preaching to the tape right now. Maybe they'll hear it. Ain't nothing wrong with having your phone. I preach from an iPad sometimes. But I'm telling you, sometimes I, I don't know where people are at. And I can't feel it. And I begin to battle and fight things in my mind. Is it okay for me to do this, say this? I mean, you know, I'm tired of having to come to a church service and battle. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But I'm telling you, I'm just trying to say that there's some things that we can get to. Amen. A place where we can get to when people come in, they are feeling the glory of God. Amen. When I come to Balt Springs for the first time, amen, I was in a messed up relationship. I was in a horrible situation. But when I came through those doors, amen, I got snookered by the preacher to come to that church. And I came in there and I was on the third row from the back. That's where my mom sat. And as the, as the choir was practicing, amen, they finished up practicing and they all filed off and they all went right out the back door. I said, where are they going? She said, they're going to the prayer room. The choir prays. Wow. What's all that? They walked across the parking lot in the rain. 
went in that room and prayed. Then, they, then a little bit later, they come back. And boy, whenever they got on that platform, that place was rocking. I'm talking about Holy Ghost moving. It's because the atmosphere had been set. The spirit had been broken. Amen. Prayer, amen, had done its job. And I'm telling you what, sinners got the Holy Ghost. I come in in a 275-person revival. That's where I've got the Holy Ghost in it. Right now, we've had 25 in the last six weeks. And I'm telling you, that's not even counting what happened before I had my accidents. And what happened last year. I'm telling you what, and the devil starts fighting. But I'm telling you what, I feel like the Lord told me this is time for perpetual revival. It's perpetual harvest. Amen. Can I tell you something? Amen. I know this is a, the sore conference and, and I'm not here to preach to these men. I'm here to preach to you today that God has told me, amen, that I put an open door before them. He preached to you the other night. I put an open door before you. And Paul could have said anything at the end of Ephesians, but he said, put on the whole armor of God. And I'm telling you what, God told me my title was to tell you to get out of the foxhole. Get out of the foxhole. God doesn't give you an armor to stay in the foxhole. You got to get out of the foxhole. It's time for you to take the fight to the devil. Yes, you can give Bible studies. Yes, you can win souls. I'm going to tell you something. It's time for you to say, I'm tired of being like this. We got too many open spaces on these pews today. Amen. There's sinners that can be on these pews. It's time for you to get out of the foxhole. It's time for you to say, hey, I've got the whole armor of God. Oh, I've got to preach it to you right now. Oh, we're holding his people. Oh, we're holding his people. I'm going to tell you something. Holding his people will never be dirty when they go out and get souls. No matter where you go, it may be the most horriblest part of town. They may have, they may have needles. Hey, I went in and gave Bible studies in Bog Springs where I had to move the crack pipes over and give them a Bible study. And they come to church and get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, you don't wear your white shirt when you go give a Bible study. Where's Sister Mustard at? Hey, man, y'all don't think I remember that, do you? I didn't get invited to the wedding either, you know. Anyway, you just cheated yourself out of a good present. It's time for us to realize, amen, we're called of God. And we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God, amen, to take the fight to the enemy. Hello? I'm going to tell you something. I get tired when people say, oh, we can't do that. We can't go there. I'm going to tell you, I know, I know of a guy right now, amen, he went and set up on the edge, amen, of a biker rally. And I'm going to tell you something. I told him, I said, man, I don't know. I don't think I could do that. He said, I didn't go in amongst all that mess. He said, I stood on the edge. And he said, I handed out flyers. You know what happened? They started pulling up on his, on his parking lot. Vroom, 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 vroom. You know what Elder Davis would have done that? Oh, man, he would have, he'd have freaked out. What are they doing out there? You know what happened the other day at my church? He pulled up on the parking lot. Vroom, vroom. I watched watched them good saints that like going out and and, and talking to people before I get to them. Uh Uh-uh. I ran out there. I said, "Uh uh-uh, they're all welcome here. You need to get that feeling about you. Hey, man, I got the whole armor of God. They cannot dirty your holiness, folks. Amen. You pray, you love God, your holiness comes from the inside out. Amen. God's sending us out into this world. He don't fill us with the Holy Ghost to stay in the foxhole. 
He give us the armor to get out of the foxhole and take the fight to the enemy. I'm already getting ahead of myself and I've already blew it up, but I'm just going to go ahead and say what I feel today. Hello. Find the last page so I can know when I need to end. So many people want to sit back and let the enemy keep doing what they want to do, and then they take it. Amen. Every time we get some people in the church, amen, some good, good thinking saint will go over and tell them everything the church believes. Don't tell them everything your church believes. Amen. Let it be through spiritual osmosis. Let God talk to them. Let God clean them up. I didn't know anything my church believed. Amen. My pastor went to people and said, shut up. Stay away from them. Can I tell you something? Let your pastor be your pastor. And you know what I've learned? Let God pastor it. Let God pastor it. My son's been teaching a Bible study for the past five months. And when, he's, when he, 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 he wants to hear this message. Brother Prim wants to hear this message. My son's been giving Prim. He's from India. Been giving him a Bible study. And so... Prim was with us for about three months. That's kind of the way I work. Hello? It's the way I kind of work. I kind of learned that. I have a thing called Landmark Training Institute where they have to go through it. And I normally make them go all 12 weeks through that whole program. And I was sitting on the platform and God spoke to me. And he said, it's time for Prim to play. He was bringing his guitar and stuff back and forth to church and he was... Just strumming, that guy can play the guitar. Led worship in a big charismatic church in, in Dallas. Wife was over ladies ministers. We're talking about two or 3,000 people church. And the Lord said, how long are you going to let them languish? I said, no, God, you can't do that. It's got to be three months. Then it's got to be another three months through this. And they've got to dot this I and cross this T. And I sit there for a minute. And the Lord said, no, it's time. So I went to my, my LTI administrator and I said, how long, how, how, long, how, much, how, how many lessons of LTI has he done? He said, he's done five. I said, Jesus. The Lord said, six. I walked over to him. I said, Prim, next week you're going to do six. He, I said, won't you do six and seven? And I said, then I want you to start playing on the platform. He said, yes, pastor. He said, is there anything else? And I said, oh, Yes. We got kind of a closed group in here tonight. I said, yeah, there is something else. Come in my office. I said, do you really want to play? He said, yes. I said, God, I've already stepped into it. I better go ahead and say it. I said, well, you're going to have to do this right here. If y'all know what that is, you don't ask your pastor. I said, before you answer me and before you, before, before you do anything, I said, you go home and you pray about it. I said, I said, let me tell you something. I can't give you Bible. I can't give you this, and I can't give you all that. I said, I said, I can tell you where I think I derived the principle from, and I do have some Bible in the Old Testament. But I said, I'm just asking you if you want to fit in around here and you want to be used. This is what needs to happen. Is this okay? Okay, okay, good, good, good. And I'll tell you what. Next morning at 6 a.m., Brother McFall, I got a text. Had his pretty face right there. He said, I'm ready. I had told him, don't you go home and do that for me. It's not for me. It's not for the church. It's not for you to be on that platform. That's another thing, saints. Don't say, I don't do that because my pastor says. That's like just cutting your pastor's throat. 
just ruined it right then and there. He sent me that picture, and he said, I'm ready to be used by God. And I said, well, good, get you two lessons done. And I said, then continue on. you got to do all 12. If you don't finish all 12, then we're going to have to go back and start all over again. Let me tell you something. He has been going through that book, and he has about finished every one of them. He said, I've never saw that in the Word of God. I've never saw this. Can I tell you all something? He don't even believe in one God yet. Oh, come on, don't choke on me. He's been baptized in Jesus' name. He has spoken tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. He said, I thought I had the Holy Ghost till I came here. I've never had the Holy Ghost. Excuse me, I need to back up and say this again. He didn't know about one. He, he did not believe in the oneness of God before he got on my platform. I let him play two Sundays. And Brother Ron Wright came through and started preaching on the oneness of God. And he said, I've never saw that. Revelation hit me. I've been sitting over my chair for two days. Oh, my goodness, God. Maybe I jumped ahead. Maybe I jumped ahead. Maybe I jumped ahead. But see, let me tell you something. When you do something God tells you to do, God comes in and he takes care of it. He brings revelation. Don't be afraid to do something for God. Don't be afraid to start witnessing to your co-worker. Don't be afraid to start going after those souls. I'm going to tell you something. That's not charismatic. Amen. My pastor didn't tell me everything. I didn't know about the oneness of God before I even sung on the choir. He didn't get up and preach against everything under the sun. I didn't know the standard of the church. Oh, I'm just trying to just walk in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, some of you are worried about bringing people to your church because you don't, you don't know if they're going to fit in. You don't know if they're ever going to change. I got a daughter-in-law with a tattoo right back here behind her ear. And she said, she said Dad, if you want me to go get it removed, I'll figure out some way. I said, you can't even afford, barely pay your bills. Let alone go get a tattoo removed. You can work for God. You can work for God. I'm going to tell you something. We're fixing to have some people come into our church. That I'm telling you what, they, they, they ain't going to fit in unless we fit them in. There's going to be some people coming to your church. I'm going to tell you something. How do you build a home mission church? Let me tell you how you do it. I had nine people. You love people. And you love them in the church. You let them get in the church. And you guard them. You don't let people come up and tell them everything that I, you believe. You give them time enough to eat it, little bit by little bit. We had a well-meaning saint come up to my wife. Said, we don't wear red shoes. Prostitutes wear them. Dear God. She said, I'm never coming back to the church again. And you know what happened? An old elder by the name of Brother Haney, who normally done things like that before, Walked up to me, and he said, Brother Moore, just love God. I said, what do you mean? That was my last service at that church. I was never going to come back. He said, no matter what, whoever offended you and said whatever they said, do not listen to them. You're doing good in God. I encourage you. You're going to make it. God is going to use you. God's going to do great things. That's why I love Brother Haney. He had an encouraging word. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, you've got to learn that people are going to come in. And I'm telling you what, they're going to have all kinds of baggage and all kinds of things. Just love them. We went for years with five kids in Sunday school. And all five of them was my grandkids. And we just kept on. And we kept sowing seed. And we kept going to the apartment complexes. We kept doing everything we could. 
I'll never forget my wife. She said, I, won't, I don't want another Sunday without going in there. Kids being in my Sunday school class outside of the grandkids. I said, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my way to get a steak dinner. I'm on my way to go across town. I want a new pair of shoes. She said, no, let's go back to the church. Let's get some flyers. We got some flyers, and we went to this apartment complex. And we walked in there, and we just started handing them out. We started sowing seed. We started talking to this lady at our front door. And she had five kids. And I thought, oh, man, if we get all five of them going, that's going to be ten. We walked away from that door, went to the next one. We handed it, put a little flyer in the door, and then we, we walked away. And we, then we headed across town. I'm going to get my steak. Phone rang. She said, hello, Brother Moore. I said, hello, who is this? She said, it's Don. I said, Don, I thought you moved to North Carolina. She said, no, I'm back. Been back about two months. And she said, I said, well, I'm so glad to hear from you. I said, can we start picking your kids up? And she said, you sure can. That's why I'm calling you about. She said, I live across the hall from where you and your wife just witnessed to those kids. And she said, she said, that's my neighbor and my cousin. And she said, you can come pick her kids up and you can come get mine. Wow, we had 18 kids in Sunday school. I'm going to tell you something because we said, we are not going to go another day without having souls in this church. We're not going to go another weekend without having more kids in Sunday school. But see, some people say, i got to stay in my little foxhole. I'm scared to get out into the world. I'm scared to get out in there. Maybe I might get dirty. I might get touched. No, Jesus said, put on the whole armor of God. Let me tell you something. You have the whole armor of God. It thwarts every scheme that the devil's got for you. Everything that's supposed to come against you. Amen. When you begin to walk in the Holy Ghost, God protects you. I'm going to tell you something. You can't build a church by sitting in the foxhole. God give you the armor, amen, not to stay in the foxhole. God give you the armor to get out of the foxhole and get into this world. Oh, I know it's hard to witness, but your life can be a witness. People can see you. People see everything that's going on about you. And they can begin to ask. I got a man in my church. He's over my outreach department. And uh, he works at Terex Corporation. And uh, people kept talking to him about, about God. And next thing you know, he started talking back. And they started resisting him then. See, that's what happens. But he just kept living the life. And he said, come to a Bible study. Let me tell you something. No matter what the devil throws at you, God's going to make a way for you. I'm telling you what. We won this girl to the Lord about five years ago. She come in. She was on drugs. She went through our, our, our Life and Focus uh, uh, drug program. Uh, I mean, we, her, 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 her husband come in, and I'll go through the situation briefly. Her husband come in, he got the Holy Ghost, and he's living for God for about two months. And he said, Pastor, COVID hit. He said, so you got to know that at the end of the summer, I've got to go to Kingman, Arizona for my trial. I said, oh, man, speeding ticket, what happened? He said, no, Pastor, transporting narcotics. I said, man, Cody, hate to hear that. He said, yeah, you think God can get me off? I said, well, he can, but I don't know if he will. I said, but I'm going to tell you right now, Cody, I'm going to be with you. So we travel with him and his wife, and we go out to Kingman, Arizona. We go in there. We sit in five weeks of hearing the most 
I mean, it's like a John Grisham book. Everything that you could ever imagine, this young man was into it. We go out on the next to the final day, and they bring him a thing. So you bring him a little piece of paper, and he starts reading. He hands it to his lawyer, and his lawyer said, "You trust your pastor?" He said, "I trust my pastor." He hands it over to me, and I look at it, and I said, "Turn it down." They wanted him to turn evidence against the cartels. I said, turn it down. You won't live through this. He said, Pastor, it'll get me off. His lawyer turned and said, you better listen to your man of God. I said, don't do it. They'll kill you. Next day we went in. They found him guilty. Next day they sentenced him, give him 10 years. He has served over going close to five. Arizona is a no-release state. They said they may change that within this next year. His wife got bitter. She got mad at God. She got mad at me. She left, went to another church. And I'm telling you what, I'm heartbroken. This girl's a soul winner. She goes to another church and she starts bringing people over there. And oh man, she tells them all, I've just got to be candid. She said, oh, this is the best place to be. You don't want to go to that little church over there? Oh man, I was hurt, man. My world was rocked. But I kept my mouth shut. I'd see her. Hey, good to see you. Back about three months ago, she called me on the phone. She said, I was in prayer, and I, God told me I better go home. I said, oh, really? I said, you're at your home. She said, no, I'm not. She said, I need to come home. I said, I, said, I don't know if I can do this. She said, Pastor, I'm begging you, please let me come home. I said, Shay, you can come home if, you, if you're planning on staying. She came back. Next thing you know, she didn't go back and try to get anybody she had won to the Lord. Next thing you know, she has done 15 of those people that have gotten the Holy Ghost. She went out and got 15 people. And they come and got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. We, we just loved her. We didn't care. The other day we found out that Cody may be able to get out. Soul winning family. He's given Bible studies in the Arizona penitentiary. I'm going to tell you something. If she would have stayed in her little foxhole, she wouldn't be doing a work for God today. I'm, I'm going to tell this church, hey man, I know this is a sore conference, but this is our apostolic roots. Winning souls to God. We come from a revival church because a man was, a, was not afraid to preach. But people were not afraid to go out and witness. We believe what that church had. And we believed it could fix every problem that was in the world. I believe the Holy Ghost can fix anybody, Brother Brandon. I believe it can fix anybody. The drug dealer. The prostitute. The crooked banker. God can fix anybody. But you gotta be a you gotta you gotta get out of the foxhole and say, oh, I'm tired of just staying back. I'm gonna tell you one of the hardest things for me to do was to learn that I'm just gonna have to deal with people that were broken and messed up. I said, Oh God, I never forget. I learned a major lesson. I was at a minister's retreat, and one of my real good friends, he's an elderly minister, he came walking up to me. And Brother Johnson, he said, fixing to resign my church I said oh why he said 
My wife walked in the other day. Now I'm going to go ahead and say it. My wife walked into my office the other day. And she said, I just don't know if I can have a church full of women wearing pants. I don't know if I can have a church full of women wearing makeup. I don't know if I can have a church, amen, of people coming in. And, and they not looking like us immediately. Oh, God, y'all are looking at me like I, have, like I have slapped your mama or something. Oh, dear God. Oh, help me. Thank you. Y'all don't get mad at me over here. Please don't. He said, I'm going to have to resign. And I said, you preach, don't you? Oh, I know you. I said, I know you do. You preach the word of God. You live in front of them. I said, if you never saw a conversion, he said, yeah, but it normally takes three or four months. I'm thinking, dear God. And I said, well, you've got to do what you've got to do. And, you know, another man came in and took that church. And now I'm going to tell you something. 60% of his congregation doesn't look like his congregation. No, I'm going to say that the way I truly believe it. 60% of the congregation doesn't look like his core. His core congregation. The other night, Brother Wright was preaching. My son was sitting next to me. And he leans over at me, Brother Johnson, and he says, Look out there, Dad. He said, It's 50-50. I almost jumped up and shouted. I'm glad my son's got the vision. It don't matter, amen. As long as the core's believing it, and I'm preaching it, and we're living it, the other people are going to fall into suit. Don't be afraid to let your pastor preach. Don't be afraid to let him love on people. Don't be afraid to get out and witness. Don't be afraid to go out and get the drunkard. Get the prostitute. Don't be afraid. Their unholiness is not going to offset your holiness. I've got a man that will take that church if it's God's will. In a few years, I want to go to heaven just now on the next train. I know I'm living like I want to go, like I want to die, but... Accidents, COVID, whatever else. But I'm glad he says, Dad, I've got the vision. I've got the vision. I want, I'm telling you, let me tell you something about this young man. He's teaching five Bible studies himself. I'm teaching two. We have a total of 16 Bible studies going right now. My wife's teaching three. She, brought, she brought, brings three ladies into our home. One right, one right after another during the day. Excuse me, she finished that cycle of the three. She's back on one now. And she's teaching them, exploring God's word. And they're getting in the church, and they're getting established. One of them came up to me the other day. We had a little picnic. She came up to me, and she said, I want my husband to be a godly man. And I said, well, you be a godly woman, and your husband will follow. I said, I know it seems like it's another way around. I said, but that's the way it is. You live for God and you do everything just right. I said, and you be faithful to God. You're not going to be perfect. I said, but you keep coming. And I said, your husband will follow in the suit behind you. The other day her son came. And he was sitting right there. And the Holy Ghost began to move and he began to sob. And his big old curly. It's not an afro. But, it, I mean, it was, just, it, it was just puffed out there. 
He went to the bathroom. He come back sopping wet. And I thought, why did he do that for? And he came to the front and just began to sob. See, if we'll let God do it, amen, we won't mess it up. Russell Mullins, y'all been there. You know, I went to the eighth grade, folks. I don't have no education. I sure didn't go to no Bible school. I went to James Davis Bible School. I went to the School of Hard Knocks. But I'm telling you, wasn't that school? I learned how to love people. And every time I got judgmental, I would walk by this thing called a mirror. And the Lord said, yeah, remember where you was at whenever I found you? You was a Lee Silver Fox bar in, in Terrell, Texas. Whenever I told you on the dance floor, what are you doing here? You belong in Balk Springs in that church. Can I tell you something? If you'll get out of your foxhole and start praying, let me tell you something, that's how you take it to your enemy. You start praying over your community. You start, you start doing prayer drives around your community. You start getting out and sowing seed. Let me tell you something about Prim. The other day I said, who'll do my prayer drive while I'm in Kansas? Prim's hands shot up. The Lord said, use him. So the other night I was in the hotel and Prim texted me and he said, Pastor, I need the directions. I'm just crazy about prayer drives. I am. Maybe y'all don't do those things. I do. And I drew it out. I made him drive the entire border around our city. Come all the way back around. I said, I know it's going to have tolls. You're going down the toll road. I said, I'll, I'll reimburse you when I get back. He sent me a text the next morning. About 7, 7 a.m. He said, I have never had so much power of God in my car. He said, I feel the presence of God. I said, let me tell you why, because we're taking our city. I'm going to tell you something. You want to take your city? Start doing some things radical outside what you normally do. It's been a year, Brother Brandon, since I've been to your church. I have prayed for your church. I owe you a deer stand. You owe me a deer hunt. But I felt your passion. I felt your desire. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you, you you know how you win souls? You get a passion and a desire, and you start driving around your city. God, I've got to win my city. I'm going to tell you something. That's how we broke the spirit of our city. Some people don't believe in that kind of stuff and praying. I believe you've got to break the spirit of that city. I'll tell you something, my, spirit, my, my, my city had a, a spirit of adultery. Every pastor came there, he committed adultery. Every pastor came there, got a big head, amen, and he lost everything. Amen, that's what I pray against when I came to that city. And I'm telling you what, I believe that we have the spirit of that city broken. And the devil does not like it. And the fight sometimes is relentless. But I'm going to tell you something. Will you stand with me right now? If I have people that will get out of their foxholes and follow me into the fight, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. I'm going to tell you something. It's time for you to take it to the enemy. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I was going to go through, amen, all the different components of the armor of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Amen. It's time for us to realize that when we put on the whole armor of God, it's not for us to sit back and do nothing. It's time for us to get into the fight. It's time for us to say, no matter what we think, God's going to deliver us. God's going to give us power, amen, to go outreach. God is going to give us power to get Bible studies. 
I'm going to tell you something. You win one, you, you win a church, amen, by, by doing one Bible study at a time. It works. It works. I'm definitely not the most polished man around. I'm definitely not an orator. I've butchered this thing so bad because I tell you, I, 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 I just feel like that these men could preach so much better than me. But I'm going to tell you something. I have a desire to win souls. I have a desire to help God build His church in any way that I can. For a year, I went home and I started thinking about this church and the things that God wants to do through it. Amen. God always builds the man first is what Elder Davis said. God's had this man ready. He set up a team and established you around him. Start talking about teams. They start thinking you're charismatic. No, you don't. Amen. That's what it takes. You got to have a you got to have a nucleus, a core around you. I'm going to tell you something. I feel like this church is destined for great things. Amen. I believe when he preached about the open door the other day, I could have jumped up and shouted and said, that's exactly what God's got right here is an open door. Let me tell you something, fellow ministers. I'm going to tell you right now, God has got an open door to each and every one of us. Amen. God has got an open door in Atoka. God has got an open door, amen, in Port Aransas. Is that right? Is that where you're at? Aransas Pass. God has got an open door. Amen. In Salisaw. I drove through Salisaw the other day and I said, you know what? Why in the world would the devil ever think that, that he could hinder a church when there's a man of God here that prays and fasts and believes holiness? Our pastor said, if you believe in holiness, you have all the power. Because God flows through a vessel of holiness. Church, you're a people who believe in holiness. You're a people that have the power. Why don't you put on the whole armor of God? Get out of the foxhole. Should have, should have gave it to you a while ago, but you know the definition of a foxhole is a den or hole where a fox lives. But in military terms, it's a place where men cower down to keep from getting shot. Or the last part of it. It's a launching point for an invasion. I'm going to tell you something. I feel like it needs to be a launching point for an invasion. Hey, I've got my belt of truth on. I've got my, I've got my helmet of salvation on. I've got the breast, breastplate of righteousness Oh, I've got my feet shot. I'm ready to go. I've got the sword of the Spirit. It's time for me to launch out into this world. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, today's the day. You've got to start feeling it. Come on, I can't make you. You've got to believe it. You've got to have faith in it right now. Oh, God. God, use me, God, this year. God, whatever you want to do, God, you can do through me. Oh, I tell you. Come on, I worry about it when somebody says, Oh, 
We just got to hunker down till Jesus comes. We just got to hunker down. Oh, no. He said, we got to be an occupying force. An occupying force. I've done funerals for people I didn't even know. I do what Elder Davis said. Oh, that was a good whistler. I go in. What kind of man was your daddy? My daddy was a stone cold drunk. I said, well, I'm a, he said, just don't. I had, he looked me square in the face. He said, preacher, don't put him in heaven. He said, don't put him in hell. He said, don't even put him in heaven either. He said, I, I just love people. I bought clothes. I paid rent. I've paid car payments. I've went and got cars from repo. No, y'all don't miss that, have you? I know what it's like to get my car from repo. Hello? Thank you, Jesus. That was before the ministry. That's what Elder always said say. You got to love people no matter their situation. Olathe may be one of the richest counties in the United States, but it's, got, it's full of sinners. And they need the Holy Ghost. They need the Holy Ghost. I went the other night, Tuesday night, before for our prayer. I'm going to close with this. And I went to this little, they call them, uh, well, I'll just be honest with you. They call them a shake bar. This lady came in, got the Holy Ghost about a month and a half. There's no alcohol in there, folks. It's Herbalife. She makes shakes. She's got a business. She's got tables in there, and she makes shakes for you and teas. No, I'm saying it again. No alcohol, folks. Okay, okay. Is that clear? Tape on. No alcohol tape. And I told the church last Sunday, I said, whoever wants to go with me, we're going to go down there, and we're going to pray over her business. We're going to pray God blesses her business. Because she come and she's got the Holy Ghost. She's been baptized in Jesus' name. And she's living for God. She started just weeping. And her husband's sitting back there right next to her. She said, our last church wouldn't accept us because he, he's a man of color and, I, and, and I'm white. And I said, I love you both. And I love your kids. We just paid for a daughter. I just paid for a daughter to go to camp. She's been at Crusaders camp all week with my granddaughter. I just got a little picture of her with my granddaughter. They all got the Holy Ghost. And we got in that old place. She said, the other pastor wouldn't even come to my place. I said, well, I needed something to help me lose weight. So that's why I come over here. And we all got in that old place. And we all started praying the glory down in there. And the Holy Ghost began to fall. I looked up and her other worker, who's actually visited our church once, was just sobbing. Just sobbing. Another woman that's came twice, she was just a sobbing. I said, God, do something through this place. Do something through this place. They started putting a thing on Facebook. Exploring God's word, 
done at Sky Nutrition. Bunch of women reacting to it. I told my wife, I said, would you go down there and teach that Bible study? She said, let me at it. Let me at it. She said, that'll give me a, she said, I'll teach the one at our house. And she said, I'll teach the one at Sky Nutrition. Let me tell you why. Because we're getting out of the foxhole. I'm not going to hunker down until Jesus comes. I'm going to go out. I'm going to pray around my city hall. I'm going to tell you something. The city knows who I am. My pastor said, first thing you do is you go in there and you get in with that city. You go in there and let all them city council knows who you are. Y'all know how we built that big building in Box Springs? A lot of y'all was already gone. Your brother was there. You know how we, you know how we was able to build that building? They fought us over everything. But my pastor said, go down there and show your face. And me, my, my, myself, Brother Strahan, and, and, and my pastor would go down there to city council events. They knew who we were. We weren't even down there to contest nothing. We was just letting them see who we were. They knew us. I found out the variance council, that guy owned the, the Ace Hardware. I'm not rambling. I'm trying to teach them. I'm just trying to, trying to lay it out, okay? I went down to Ace Hardware, and I blew 100 bucks on stuff I didn't even need. I'm sorry. I did. I bought, I bought pretzels from a hardware store. Why in the world would I want to do that? Now, I did need those DeWalt bits, and I did need that, that, that DeWalt. My wife said I didn't, but I know I did. But you know what happened in my, I'm talking about, this happened in my city, folks, not, not in Ball Spring, my city. But you know what, when I went down to build my, build my building, Brother Johnson, he said, oh, hello, Pastor Moore, good to see you. I said, hey, they're giving me a little problem. He said, oh, what problem? I told him, he said, oh, no, that's not a problem. They're mistaken. I said, thank you. Our youth groups exploded. So I went out and I bought a, what's called a studio shed. It's 14 foot by 24 foot long. It's got all these windows up top. Looks like some kind of loft on top of a, you put on top of a building in New York. Looks all fancy. Bougie is what they call it. Bougie. So I went down there and I said, hey, I want to put this thing behind the building. They said, wow. Okay, we'll think about it. I came back up and the main guy come back out and he said, hey, you know where you're wanting to put this is going to inhibit your next building. I said, it is? He said, yeah, I was measuring it out. I said, I'm not building a new building right now. He said, yeah, but you got to think about the future. I said, well, can I bring it closer to the building so I don't inhibit that? He said, yeah, move it closer. Favor of God. When God's in something, it's going to happen. We got out of the foxhole. I'm going to tell you something, church. I feel the Holy Ghost. Something's fixing to explode around here. I'm going to tell you something. If they don't get out of the foxhole, you need to throw a grenade in there. Then they'll get out. That's what I pray happens is the Holy Ghost grenade just explodes in your foxhole. Come on, you can be a witness. Put on the whole armor of God. Get out into this world. 
Amen. I'm going to turn this to your pastor right now. You do with it what you feel. Praise God. Let's lift our hands. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, saints of God. It's time to come out of the foxhole. God's talking to this church. God's trying to speak to us right now.